Hour two of the game. Mitch Fortner, David G. Big Steve is here. No Troy Coverdale. He's out for the rest of the week. He's out all week. Uh, we will have a show tomorrow. Wasn't planning on it since I'll be heading. I was going to be heading to Topeka for some Manhattan High School basketball, but that uh, game at uh, two games at Seaman have been postponed um, due to uh, what sounds like staff shortages because of COVID nineteen for uh, Manhattan High School. Crazy that they did a deal where if you have a high school diploma, you can be a substitute teacher now. Did you see this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw. Crazy. Yeah, I got passed yesterday. I'm like, I was on Twitter. I'm like, hey guys. Whoever needs a PE or a shop sub, I could uh, I could potentially take care of that for I'll you. I'll do anything because I'm rolling in that cart. It's got the TV and the VCR on oh, it yeah. and it's strapped on. I'm rolling that in. We're watching, you know, Stand By Me or, you know, we're watching something like that. Do you think those carts still exist? Oh, we, that's a good question, actually. Because now it's like, you know, you got flat screens everywhere. You know what? I know who the guy to ask is. Go ahead, Big Steve, and play his theme for us. Because joining us right now via Zoom is Kellis Robinette from the Kansas City Star, and uh, the bit is going to continue. The Wichita Eagles. Kellis, you have kids in school. Have they ever talked about a TV being rolled in on a cart? Uh, no, that's uh, still back from back in my day. Yeah. Not Dang. I figured, because... I don't know what they would do anymore. Like kids, all just pull up Netflix on your laptops or tablets and just uh, watch TV on your own. I don't know what, what they harsh, would do these days. What I a mean, harsh reality. They still have projectors. Maybe oh yeah, projector. just show it on the projector. Chromecast it. Whatever they do these days. Callis, can you recall a time when you were in school and you got to watch a movie? Like what your favorite movie you got to watch in school? Uh, yeah, I mean, our teachers were pretty lax about that stuff. I remember them showing us a bunch of Happy Gilmore movies. I mean, what? Uh, not ha- um, Adam what? Sandler movies. Um, oh, Billy Happy Madison. Madison. I remember them showing. Yeah, I remember them showing us that one day just because they got bored. Um, Jurassic Park. I remember seeing that one a few times. Top Gun. Once we watched that from start to finish in school. Wow. Um, yeah, all, all kinds of stuff. It, uh, That's... Pretty, if there's any way they could tie it into education, we were watching. I don't think the movies I got to watch in school like won any Academy Awards. It wasn't anything like that. I remember in fifth grade we uh, we read the book Where the Red Fern Grows, and then we watched the movie. And like the teacher was gonna, told us beforehand, like when when those dogs die, I'm gonna cry. The dogs die and she's bawling. In the oh, back. I'm like, man, what a- can we just watch Jurassic Park or something? <laughs> we never watched anything. Oh, I tell you what, we did in our my senior year of high school. Our <laughs> our English teacher, we watched a lot of movies, but we watched Mel Brooks movies. Wow! And so we watched. Um, we watched Young Frankenstein. I don't think we watched Blazing Saddles. I I would imagine we didn't, but I do. We did watch Young Frankenstein. That's Dude. the first time I ever watched that. I loved it. I, all I remember, I watched Stand and Deliver like thirty six times. The ones with the, like the co- the the math teacher in East LA that was teaching all the bad kids math. Like that's the only one I ever watched. That was it. We watched Coach Carter, or not Coach Carter? Uh, no, we did watch Coach Carter. Oh my! We God. watched. We did watch that one. I remember watching that. And also, you remember October Sky? Yeah. The movie about the guys coming up with this rocket yeah. and they shoot it off in a field. Dude, what? Yeah. Man, Manhattan man Ogden, USD 383. I'm calling you out. Well, go, sorry. What'd you say, Kellis? Go ahead. I was, I was saying, I think our school took us on a field trip to see October Sky. We oh, got to man. leave the whole school entirely to watch that one. You, you, 
You took a field trip to go to a movie theater? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I remember going to the movies. I remember leaving school to go ice skating. Uh, every year we seemed to have a bowling field trip. Like I said, our, our teachers were using oh any excuse to do anything but to actually teach us things. Listen, it's a wonder I learned how to read was and write. <laughs> and this was Austin, Texas? <laughs> yes, this was Austin, Texas. Dude, right? li- Manhattan Ogden, UST 383, I'm calling you out right now. I am so angry. I only got to watch that one movie, Jaime Escalante, and that was <laughs> it, man. And then these guys are going to field trips to October Sky. I'm leaving. Dude, I'm so mad. <laughs> I, I remember uh, when I, I took one year of Spanish and we tried convincing, uh, who happened to be the wife of the English teacher I was just mentioning moments ago, uh, we tried convincing her to let us watch Selena oh. in in uh, in Spanish class and she wasn't down for it. I was like, man, I, and I love that movie. Dude, that's, a, like, that's not that far off. Like if you were like, hey, let's watch you know Boys in the Hood, that'd be like, what? That just doesn't make any sense. But Selena, that's, come on, man. Come on. Have you watched the Netflix Selena uh, I don't know, a biopic or whatever. Come on, man. You have. I mean, come on. Of course. Come on. And I thought it was amazing. <laughs> All right, Kellis, uh, before we get down to the real business, I, I, we need to know from Houston, what was your total Whataburger count? Uh, you know, I only stopped, well, three times, actually, thanks to you uh, hooking us up with that uh, the Whataburger postgame. Um. But uh, so thanks. Thanks for that. But other than that, yeah, it was the first meal I ate when I got off the plane. Um, I uh, my my connecting or my flight from Manhattan to Dallas to get on the connecting flight was a little late. So I didn't really have time to eat lunch or anything. So I just Mm. stopped the first Whataburger I saw, ate a bunch of food, went there for breakfast another time and then uh, ate ate a burger that you uh, arranged for me to have uh, for all of us to have in the press box afterwards. So I guess you can say three times. Well, here's the deal. Kellis, if it was just like you and me talking about this and we're, you know, off air having a couple of IPAs, I would have totally taken all the credit. But since we're (laughs) on air and everybody in the world is listening, I got to give a a tip of the cap to to Kenny Lanou, who, uh, who set that up, who came in with a bag of burgers, which I've had a dream of that. Pretty much all my life, somebody just <laughs> arriving with a bag of water burgers. It's like a gift from an angel from heaven, and it and it and it came to life wow. at, at the uh, at the Texas Bowl. So if you thought just the game was super fun, getting capped off with a cold burger from Waterburger from Kenny Lanou, I was. It, it was a great day, guys. It was a great day. Uh, Kellis, um, well, here we go. We're going to talk K-State men's basketball now. And I, once again, I appreciate you being on the show to talk with us about this. Um, I guess you could look at it in a couple of ways, just in, just in the game in general, about what went wrong and what led to the loss. I, I guess would you put it more on just the lack of hitting free throws going you know, 50% from the free throw line, or do you mostly put it on just the issues down the stretch, or both? Um, I mean, if I had to do either or, I would probably say just the – the problems closing out the game um i mean they they had to do everything wrong they could at the end of that game to lose i mean to to lead by five with 28 seconds left after the team you're playing just missed a shot um to, to lose in that scenario is pretty rough and even to give up the offensive rebound and let them score there uh to to be up two with 18 seconds left and have the ball and to lose by three again just a, a rough way to, to end things and you could point to a lot of areas. Um, I mean, the shot selection was bad. Um, some decisions down the stretch were bad. 
But yeah, you mentioned free throws weren't great. Um, they had a scoring drought in the first half. They had a scoring drought in the second half. I don't know that it's necessarily any one thing, but for me, if, if you can lead by five that late into the game and your win probability is surging up around 97%, you got to win. You got to win, and they didn't do it. So that, that's where I kind of point the finger. Yeah, that was the Ken Palm number, right? It was was it ninety six percent ish in the final minute? Is that when that number existed? The the highest according to Ken Palm I'd ever got was yeah, with about thirty seconds left, Kansas State was a ninety six point one percent favorite. Yikes! And yeah, just another one of those examples of just down the stretch situational basketball. You need to make a play, and it and it just doesn't happen. Unfortunately, I saw you, you did have a. You, you put out a series of tweets about your takeaways from the game, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Bruce Weber did roll out a new lineup that we hadn't seen. Uh, first of all, Ishmael is uh, Ish Masood is not in the starting lineup, and and Casey Eziegu not on the floor as well. Selton Miguel and Davion Bradford starting that game. Before we kind of really break that down, I did want to ask you. It just popped in my mind: Are you surprised Carlton Lingard did not see any time last night? I am. I thought he'd play a few minutes, um, you know, nothing like he was previously. I didn't expect 20 minutes from the guy, but I thought he looked pretty good um, filling in against Texas and West Virginia. Uh, I thought thought he brought some good defense, um, and he does have a, a nice outside shot, even though he really hasn't scored a ton this season. I would have liked to seen him in there a little bit um, if for no other reason than to just give some other guys a little bit of rest, especially with both Davion and Casey coming back from COVID stuff. Um, but Casey never really was in foul trouble, so maybe that's why. Um, but yes, that did surprise me. Now, with the lineup, Bruce Weber mentioned that he started these five gentlemen because felt like it was the best defensive lineup. And I, I, I did scratch my head at that a little bit because TCU is like the worst shooting team in the Big 12. They just go get offensive rebounds. Maybe you want a little bit better rebounding out there. But um, I mean, would would you maybe agree, like, Ish, when he's out there on the floor, that's – probably one of their best lineups he, he's a part of the best lineup i i would um and that, that's what kind of puzzled me the most about it i i think the reason they did it is just that tcu is a bigger team and they have a, a true center um who stands six foot eleven and if you're going to play davion bradford against anybody that's probably the guy you want to play him against so i think that's probably why bruce weber decided to go that route and have him in there and surround him by uh, some smaller guys that's typically where they had success last season um, but at the same time, I, I don't, I don't like taking Ishmael Masood off the floor. Um, you know, he, he can be hot and cold when he's cold. He doesn't give you a ton, but when he's hot, he's, he's better than anything else they're going to give you at the four. You could even make an argument that when he, when he had to step in and, and play at the five, when they were really down numbers, um, that Kansas state looked good offensively with a, a small lineup. And I know that's not his favorite thing to do to go in there and play the five, but he doesn't have to do that all the time. Um, I, I, I just think that hit, what he brings offensively uh, outweighs what you gain defensively going with a, a bigger lineup. I, I think moving forward, I would rather see um, either Ish at the five with, with four smaller guys or Ish at the four and uh, Casey at the five just because he seems to be a little bit more solid in there. Um, you know, not, nothing against Davion, but in, until he kind of gets back to where he was as a freshman, um, I, I, I would kind of move away from centering my lineup around him. And I know Ish doesn't exactly like playing the five, but you know I can't help but to uh, sometimes you know like the ball movement when they have small ball out there on the floor, especially when you have Nigel and uh, Marquise Noel out there playing together, who has been K State's best players along with uh, Mark Smith. It feels like 
down this certain stretch of play. I, I do also want to bring up that uh, Eddie Lampkin, who's that big guy you're talking about, their starting center, who's 6'11", and he's a, a big body with the smallest calves I've ever seen, I think. He, he and I think Davion, even though they kind of had a little bit of the same result, couldn't be two different dudes when it came to their post-presence. I thought Eddie Lampkin was a little out of control and uh, just kind of with his body. Like, he just kind of flew th- towards the basket and just kind of threw it up there. Meanwhile, Davion is hesitant and still not getting a shot up towards the basket. Similarities, but also some uh, some differences as well. Now, um, Kellis, Robin, the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagles with us right now here on the game. Do you have any optimism right now moving forward for this team? I mean, a, a little bit still exists. Um, I under, certainly understand why any fan would uh, write them off, and, you know, wash their hands up and say they're 0-4 in conference play, only 8-7 and overall. Um, we got Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas, Baylor coming up next. If you can't beat TC, TCU at, who, at home, who are you going to beat? I totally get that line of thinking. But the one thing I would say is that um, it's not like Kansas State is losing these games 50-0, to right? They were right there with Oklahoma, had them tied in the second half. Player here, there, they win that game. They lead Texas at halftime by six, despite being very depleted uh, roster-wise. They go on the road against West Virginia and take a 17-point lead. They had TCU dead to rights and let the game slip away. I know is that's very frustrating to watch as a fan. Bad teams loot, find ways to lose games, and that's what's happening right now. But if you sit back and look at it, they haven't had a full roster for any of those games. When, when they get Mike McGrill back, that will be the case. If they're at full strength and they can learn to close out these games, make a play here, make a play there, turn a loss into a win, it's not unfathomable that they could still you know, go 500 the rest of the way. I don't know that that's going to be enough for them to make the NIT, make the NCAA tournament, probably need to do a little bit more than that. But that would be a nice turnaround, and we, we've seen bigger turnarounds before. Oklahoma State, a few years ago when Brad Underwood was there, started conference play 0-6 and, and still made the NCAA tournament. Um, it, it's, it, it's not impossible. That would be the reason I would say there's still some signs of optimism. So you're, with that being said, um, K-State Twitter is obviously – this is re- reminding me of what happened with Courtney Messingham after the loss to Texas. Uh, the, it's the absolute wrath – of fans speaking up and saying they want to change after that loss, like that was like the final nail in the coffin. I mean, do you think that was kind of all she wrote for Bruce Weber at this point now? It's just kind of riding out the rest of the season? Uh, Not necessarily. Um, I mean, I would say all signs kind of point to this being the beginning of the end for him. He's only got one year left on his contract, and kind of like I stated earlier, he, he really needs to take Kansas State back to the postseason of some kind where, you know, bare minimum NIT, NCAA would obviously be much better. Um, Kansas State's got to do something like that to sell optimism moving forward. Um, And there's still enough time for it to happen. Like I just mentioned, there's 15 games left in the season. You never know what happens. Crazier things have happened before. They could finish 10 and 5 and still make it. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm certainly not predicting that's going to happen. But for a team that's led or been tied in the second half in all four of their conference games, I think something like that's still on the table. So I'm not I'm not ready to say that definitively. Um, you know, these are going to be his last 15 games with the Wildcats. But that's that's where it's headed. Barring a big turnaround, barring something like I just um, mentioned, um, I, I would I would guess at this point the most likely outcome is at the end of the season, 
Kansas State and Bruce Weber kind of mutually agree to part ways. And, um, you know, he's not coaching again next season and they're, they're trying to hire somebody else. But again, 15 games left. Um, we'll just have to wait a little bit longer and see. We've had this argument many times, not like you and me or anything, but you know, when John was still here and um, I remember even Mason kind of jumped in on this as well about, you know, what does it take for Bruce Weber to continue on his career after this season uh, here at K-State? Does it take the NCAA tournament? But I'll ask you, you I mean, you mentioned the NIT and how that certainly definitely a possibility, um, but would, do you think that would be enough to keep him around? It would depend um, on how they're playing at the end of the season. If they, like, let's say they won 17 games, beat Kansas, beat Baylor, were really looking good at the end of the season, um, and people say they get snubbed for the NCAA tournament. They barely miss. Um, They go to the NIT, they have a good run, they make it to New York, something like that. There's a lot of optimism toward next season. You know what? Maybe that is enough. Um, But that's what it would take. It would take a strong finish to the season, uh, all the good players coming back next year. Um, people thinking it's a, a slam dunk return to the NCAA tournament uh, next year. But the 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 bigger thing beyond that, I, I think um, you know beyond NIT, beyond NCAA tournament, anything like that. I, I think the biggest thing he's got to do is figure out how to create a little bit more fan excitement over these last 15 games. Um, I was a little shocked to see just how low the announced attendance was at that TCU game to only be 5,600 fans. Um, that's pretty pretty low. I can't really remember a, a Big 12 Kansas State home game being that low before. Um, and if that doesn't improve, if you can't uh, get fans excited about basketball again here near the end of the year, that becomes it's an issue of itself. And at that point, even if you know you do make the NAT or the NCAA tournament, there's a totally different conversation to be had if apathy is just uh, you know come in there. So. Those are kind of the two things he's trying to trying to do right now. He's got to win some games. He's got to create fan excitement, and uh, it's a, it's going to be an uphill battle the rest of the way. Yeah, to add it to that um, that point about the attendance, you know, the the students that were there, you know, I, I get it. You know, it, just in general with the attendance, I know it was an eight o'clock game, but if the team was you know striding right now, they would that'd be a full place. But um, you know, the student section that was maybe you could pile them up into one section; they could all fit in there. It was a very low attendance game. You're right, Kellis, but. Kellis of the uh, Kellis Robinette, the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle here in the game. Kellis, appreciate it, and we'll see you in a couple of days uh, Saturday for the Texas Tech game. All right, you guys take care. Thanks for having me on. You too, sir. Take care. That is uh, Kellis Robinette, once again, Kansas City Star and the Wichita Eagles here on the game, joining us via the Zoom, which has changed all of our lives. Uh, we saw the number one song that didn't ask us anything, but we'll go a little bit further into you know why this is going to be really tough now after this loss to TCU for uh, Bruce Weber to uh, his career to survive after that loss. You're, you're listening to the game. All right, who is this? Uh, dude, you don't know this? I don't recognize this. This is the no. theme song to the Paul Reiser show. You ever? <laughs> no, I don't know. Every <laughs> every time we play it, he's always baffled. This is Michael Jackson working I, I, day and night. I, I said off air, this is <laughs> Michael, on. right? Yeah. Uh, come and, on. And DG's over here like, no. no, no you don't know who this is? <laughs> and he, started, he started doing this like, eh, like you know, yeah. all these noises. I'm like, so it's James Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Oh. I just... I have. Can I tell you something? And I don't want it to come off like mean. 
I have a hard time being like I've always had a hard time being quiet. That's always been my hard. That's tough. Like all my report cards, great kid can't can't shut his mouth, and so I feel like when we talk to people like Jeff Mitty and we talk to Kellis Robinette, like these serious people. I, I want to talk, and you know what I mean? And I can't, so I have to be quiet. So then when we come back, I'm ready to roll. You let it out. Oh, just, I let it I go, ah! You see you scream a little bit? Just yell. I used to have teachers that go, okay, David, go outside and do something, and then come back in. <laughs> God, I must have been the worst. Here, how about I play this clip for you, and then I'll let you talk after. Okay. Well, I'll get your reaction to it. This is actually, it's a two-minute clip. I want to play the whole thing. It's a yeah. whole answer because the uh, – but it was Marquise Noel and Mark Smith after the game who were you know taking questions from the media before Coach Weber stepped in and uh, got the uh, questions from the local media, and uh, they went on to talk about how we should not. I say we as in like not just the media but the fan base should not be blaming Coach Weber for the loss against TCU. Here is uh, Marquise Noel and Mark Smith. Bruce is a very good coach, man. You know I see all the slander you know on the internet, but. You know, that guy has a really big heart. He knows what he's doing. You know, he 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 did his job preparing us. You know, it's not on him. It's on us. We got to finish plays. We got to finish our, you know, free throws. He's not the one shooting free throws and threes, you know, at the end of the game. So, you know, he's a very good coach. He not only he doesn't only teach about, you know, the game. He teaches about life lessons and, you know, things you can learn off the court. So, you know, I just, I just want to win for him. I want to win for the coaching staff, you know. I know they're tired of losing. You know, they're putting their heart and souls into the game plan, into the scouting report. And, you know, it's just it's just sad to see, you know, we can't finish games and that he can't he can't win. Um, like I said, he he does an amazing job. He's an amazing coach. Um, you don't meet you don't come across, you know, people like that, you know, every day. So I yeah, feel like okay, yeah, you could go. Oh, you finish my bad. But you don't come across, you know, coaches like that every day. You know, I went through, you know, a situation where, you know, coaches were different than him. And then when you come and you come to K-State and you see the culture, you see how 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 different it is and how much of a, you know, shift in energy. And they talk about positive energy and finishing and becoming good people. You know, you don't get coaches that talk about stuff like that. So, you know, I just want to win for him. I want to win for K-State, the culture, and my teammates. That's facts. I want to win for him, too. And just knowing how Coach Weber is, he's probably going to come in here and, you know, take the blame for the, for this loss. And it's definitely not on him because he had us prepared for every situation that uh, we were going to face tonight. And it's just really a shame we couldn't get that because I'm the same way as Keith. I want to get wins for Coach Weber and the coaching staff just because, you know, how they treat us and how they show us love. We need to return the favor back for them and, and get some wins and, you know, that this one is is really on us. It's on our the whole team, you know, because they did a great job preparing us. We knew we were prepared for every moment, every action that they had. Personnel, I mean, all different schemes that we had and we just didn't finish it out for them. And, you know, that's that's on us taking accountability. Reaction. Yeah, no, that that's first of all, I feel like that's the kind of um that's the kind of the young guys we got right now playing for Kansas State University, the basketball team. They are, they like where they're at, and they like to they like playing for Coach Weber and the staff, and they are all in, and they don't want people talking bad about their guy because he treats them right, and it is. I have played for coaches who don't care about you. They don't care a single thing about you. Only care about winning. 
and then they you got the other side of the, where you feel like the person cares for you. It's less about basketball and more about how are we going to learn skills that help us after basketball. And people love that kind of stuff. That's great. And, you know, it doesn't fall all on Bruce Weber. I agree with those guys. I blame you too. I, you do, they do need to step up and hit shots. And they do need to step up and make good decisions with the basketball. They do. I, they do. I reserve the right as a fan and as a former student at K-State and as a, a, a person that's lived in Manhattan for well over 20 years, I reserve the right to say that stinks what you did out there. What happened out there is on the coaching staff and the players, it stunk. They should take the film from that game burn it, take the ashes, and put it on the next flight that Elon Musk puts up to the moon and shoot it into the sun. That's the worst game I've ever watched in my life. And I can say whatever I want to say about it. I can say whatever I want. And I can. I, I don't have to be a basketball genius. I don't have to be John Wooden to say, that sucked. It was terrible. And you blew it at the end. Done. Wait, was it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I I looked at. I can Sarah, remember I, an Oklahoma game a couple of years ago oh. that was maybe the uh, Baylor game that Baylor scored at one hundred and seven was a little bit. Where actually that was the most lopsided game in K State history. I I looked at Sarah. I said, I, "What am I? I don't know what I'm watching this for." Well, I can so kind of bounce off of what you just said. The frustration. I, I think you actually just shouted to the rooftop as a lot of K-State fans wish they had the opportunity <laughs> of having this platform to just shout what they're feeling and just let it all out. Yeah. But typically, most people just type away and, and get it out there <laughs> on social media. Yes. I, uh, I, I actually I, you know, I agree to a certain extent that put it all on Bruce Weber, it's a yes and no type of thing. Sure. I mean, it is him and his coaching staff that's – has done the recruiting. They brought these players in, and they brought them in to obviously make this team better. The, the thing is, who they just had in that press conference is are the guys that are carrying this team right, right now. Marquise Noel, Mark Smith. They are no doubt about it. They have made the team better. But we've also seen the guys that K-State has tried to, you know, from the bottom up, improve roll them into their system play their way and become superstars i mean over the last couple of years that has not happened no with the exception of probably right now is nigel pack nigel game in and game out has been really good and it looked like he was going to have kind of a slow night which i think he actually kind of did four for 14 from the field he could have really gone off and he finished with 10 points and it was a rough shooting night for everybody pretty much uh on both sides of the of the uh of the floor but Mark uh, Nigel Pack isn't game to game going to have up and down kind of games and rough nights. It's not going to be a consistent thing. He is solid shooter. He's an outside guy, and uh, he's going to help you also on the defensive side of the floor. And he's really good there. But you know, like the the growth of Davion Bradford has been pretty limited. Selton Miguel he does give you some good things, but he's not consistent. His uh, his ability to finish at the rim has been less than expected. Um, it's just uh, you're not seeing the growth from the guys that started at K-State and worked their way up. You have not seen that growth over the last few years. When K-State had that big exit of players, what was that, after the 20, I think it was the 2015 season when uh, like Marcus Foster, Javon Thomas, Nigel Johnson, like all those guys left. And then that next class, 
was Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Kamal Stokes. Those guys grew, and they turned K-State into a winning program once again. You're not seeing that. Bruce Weber, I think this round has done a great job of recruiting the transfer portal. He, he really did well with the three guys they brought in. They're carrying this team. But the original recruits have not carried the team besides Nigel Pack. Right. You see, that, and that's, that's hard to survive. And after you lose against TCU, that is hard to survive because that's, that might not be an NCAA tournament team, even though they're, they only have a couple of losses under their belt, and one of them is to the number one team in the country. They still not, might not be the best top seven teams in the Big 12, yet they're still they're, they're decent. They're not that bad. They've managed to just lose two games so far this season. They got to do some good things to get that done. But meanwhile, K State is eight and seven, and they're zero and four in Big Twelve play. And the fans are not seeing productive results, not just this season, but the last two years. I would say Bruce Weber has gotten a lot more slack than a lot of coaches, and you can't help but to notice what has been going on at Iowa State and how things can actually turn around very quickly uh, with the program. Uh, Iowa State last year had one of its worst years of all time, two and twenty-two, and they go zip over in Big Twelve play. It does not get worse than that. They fire Steve Prom, and now where are they at? New coach, and they're one of the best teams in the country, probably third best in the Big Twelve right now. They're in the top twenty-five. It can happen at a snap of a finger, and a big part of that is the transfer portal. But can these guys turn it around this season? With the Big 12 playing so freaking well right now, it's hard to have the optimism where we're sitting right now. It truly is. I'm not saying it is impossible. Kellis came in just a moment ago, moments ago and delivered some optimism, and I really appreciated that. But the results are unexpected, and the fans see that. The fans aren't showing up to the games. The student section has, been, has not been showing up. And I understand there's a pandemic going on. But around here, I think uh, I think the fans would definitely still be showing up if this was a a powerhouse type of team. They they were you know top five in the Big Twelve. They're not zero and four in Big Twelve play. Instead of three and one, they pulled off a win at West Virginia. No, maybe even two and two. There'd be a little bit of optimism, but um, it's not there right now. No, and this is everything just mentioned has been piling up for a couple of years, and that's what makes it tough on Bruce Weber right now. Absolutely. And it's not like this was one loss and all of a sudden now everybody's down on you. It has been building for the last couple of years. It's it, – <laughs> I'm glad they're circling the wagons like they are. Like, you know, it sounds like these guys are like, you know what, if you're not with us, whatever. I'm happy for Bruce Weber and that coaching staff that these kids are – trying to come together and say, let's win one for the Gipper. I like, that's great. That's good. But as far as me, as a fan, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of saying that, well, oh boy, the ball sure doesn't, it didn't roll our way this time for like three, two, three seasons. I'm sick of it. I want the ball to roll the other way for us, for once. I, I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of hearing that we're, we're two or three plays away. How many times can you say that? How many times can you say you're two or three plays away before somebody goes, you know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> you know, because I watched the game and I don't think it was two or three plays. I think it was a succession of two or three plays in a row that that, that ruined it for you. Just 
frustration level is through the roof. We'll show up to Bramlage Coliseum, 11 a.m. tip-off when K-State <laughs> upsets the number 19 team in the country. That's right. The Texas Tech Red Raiders, who have just beaten KU and uh, Baylor back-to-back games. Number one song of the day, next. Back to the game, and uh, we're going back to 1986 with some Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. Two weeks. Man, uh, what is it that Lu- Captain Lou Albano makes a, per- a, re- a No, appearance? you're thinking of Cindy Lauper. Ah, dang it. Captain Lou, yeah. Yeah, Papa Don't Preach. Uh, that bass line is definitely on one of those basses that doesn't have the top. For, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. cut off, and yeah. then it's like a little box at the bottom. That baseline is a hit. This is a controversial song, but a little bit about Madonna. She's from Bay City, Michigan. Whoa. Okay, I didn't. I thought she was from New York. Singer, too. songwriter, actress. Of course, she's known for being in the movie A League of Their Own. Oh man, what a movie! She's crying, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, I think this is the chorus. Here, it's turned up, Big Steve. Papa, don't the line that drew some controversy we'll get to that here in just a moment but madonna known as the queen of pop uh she moved to new york city in 78 she's actually in a couple of rock bands before uh she rose to her solo fame because she was in bands called breakfast club and emmy and she she was a vocalist she played the drums and uh she played a little guitar whoa so yeah she she can play some instruments some chops but as a solo artist obviously she's a major superstar with sales of over 300 million records um she is the best-selling female artist of all time oh i bet by probably a long shot she is the most successful solo artist on the uh billboard hot 100 chart ever and she's second overall behind the beatles Hmm. She also owns a world record as she has a revenue of over $1.5 billion from ticket sales for concerts. Wow. So she remains as the highest growing, grossing solo touring artist of all time. Wow. Inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 08, and a Rolling Stone listed Madonna as the 36th best artist of all time. I mean, the numbers I mentioned just moments ago kind of makes her a little bit higher than 36. Yeah. But uh, she was uh, right behind Michael Jackson. Rolling Stone, they're a different animals. I just don't get it, man. I just... It's like, remember beat the BCS? That's a, it kind of reminds me of the beat where you're like, wait a minute, how'd that work? I just don't get it. I don't Madonna get it. had 14 studio albums, 49 top 40 hits, and this is their, her fourth of 12 number ones. It's from her third studio album called True Blue. And Madonna called this song as it was being released... A message song that everyone is going to take the wrong way, which they did. Because the line, and I mentioned this earlier, the line, I've made up my mind, I'm keeping my baby. Anti-abortion groups, they praised Madonna 
and abortion rights groups criticized her. Well, Madonna always refused to take a stance on the issue, but it wasn't about abortion. So the song, she said to Rolling Stone magazine, just was the right fit in her own personal zeitgeist for standing up to male authorities, whether it's the Pope, the Catholic Church, or my father and his conservative patriarch... uh, I can't say the word. Patriarchal? Patriarchal ways. Thank you. She won Best Female Video in 1987 at the MTV Video Music Awards. Now, Rolling Stone does not have this in their top 500, but Blender Magazine does, who is a little bit more edgy. I love. <laughs> I used to look at Blender, Blender. once in a while. It was cool. Uh, they do have it in their top 500 songs. Let's play the guessing game. Where is it at? Where's Papa Don't Preach? 50. What do you got? Big Steve obviously disagrees. I have it up. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> okay. So four hundred. Uh, four sixty-eight. <laughs> four sixty. I just don't know where to go anymore with these numbers. I just got nothing. Stop looking at the script, Big Steve. You don't need that's it. That's how I know where you're at. Why is oh. it? Why does it matter? Because I'm a very time sensitive guy. Okay. Well, I keep track of the time as well. I know what I'm doing. I'm not. Like, this is my track first rodeo. No, I, yeah. I'm not saying that, but it's a it's the job of a good producer. Well, I to agree. make sure that we yeah. stay on time. But I'm not. You know, I, I can. I have a watch. I'll I, be and I'll be honest. I'm glad there's somebody keeping track because I'm not. I'm just in here blasting. He's just vibing. Just vibing, brother. Okay, just, I know that for tomorrow. I won't have it up. Okay, no, have I want to play these games. And Big Steve's over here cheating. <laughs> DGs, ask us anything is next. Yeah. I know what you're all trying to Google right now, trying to figure out if Madonna's going on tour. She's not on tour right now. No, but she is in that weird clip. Have you seen this clip rolling around? Kanye West, his new girlfriend, Madonna, another girl, Floyd Mayweather Jr., oh, and Antonio Brown. What were they, they were like listening to music or something? They were listening to Drake. I didn't realize uh, Madonna was in yeah, the Yeah, that she's the one. It's, it's weird. It's a weird video. I'm, I, I am obsessed with it for some reason because I'm an idiot. Hey, uh, ask us anything. What do you think is criminally overpriced, in your opinion? Did we just talk about this? Did we do this? Yeah, we okay. already. I think. <laughs> Never you're, mind. You're sorry. rolling into uh, old questions. Sorry, because Sage um, came up with that perfect answer of funerals. I wasn't oh, here for wow, that. Wow, that's a great. But, yeah, but funerals was a fantastic answer. I never have thought about that. Never have thought about that. It, that just beautiful. Uh, what name do you hate being called? I Ooh. cannot stand when I roll into the store. A convenience store, and they call me, hey, how you doing, boss? Oh, I hate that. Well, I used to, so I worked at a convenience store for a while when yeah. I was in college, and I was like the clerk, whatever. And yeah. I would uh, I would call people chief or buddy or hey, pal, or hey, guy, or hey, boss. Like, I did it all. I, I never saw it as a disrespect. I just thought it was just kind of a, I thought it was, you know, a respectful way. No. A respectful way to say hey to a stranger. I feel like it's, it's like condescending, and then a K-Rocker messaged me and said, yeah, uh, I spent a lot. I've spent a, some time in jail, in and out of jail, and we call all the COs boss because it stands for big old sack of stuff. How about that? And I go, I knew I was right, man. I knew it. <laughs> big Steve, uh, mine would have to be son. I hate it when people call me son. Uh, I don't have a name that bothers me. And let me tell you something, son. Like, it, for me, it's one of those things where if it's happening like over and over and over within the span of five minutes, I'll get a little ticked off. Right. But like for the most part, if it's like in passing, like, hey, what's up, son? Like, I'm not going to like flip my lid or anything, y- you know? You know, it's harder these days. Uh, a few years back, um, 
the show with Rob Deerdeck and Big Black. Um, do you remember this that show? Wasn't ridiculousness? Was no, it? it was the one before. Um, they used to call each other, "What's up, son?" And that got like it, it really made that word. Uh, it brought that back. Mm. What's up, son? Robin Big. Robin Big. Ah. What's up, son? And I said it to my uncle, and he was like, don't ever call me son. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, what is your nemesis right now? Have we done this one before? No. Okay, what's your nemesis right now? Uh, for me, I still have a clump of leaves in my yard. Oh, and, my God. Uh, they tell are, me, man. Tell me about killing it. Killing me. I, my uh, Tree in my front yard. First of all, I live in a duplex. Oh. And we're supposed to, like, the, the person that lives in the other duplex is, like, we're supposed to share the duties, but then I got, you know, he told me about what's going on in his life. I was like, man, I get it. I'll oh. try to do this. I'll try to do this yard work. As I, but, man, it's so many leaves for one person. And you're not, like, allowed to burn leaves in no, Manhattan or no. something like that, which is a real pain. Dude. Because it would take make things so much easier. Mitch. But apparently fires is a concern. Mitch, you're big shot, dude. Open up the checkbook, man. Pay some little kid <laughs> to do it, dude. You got the cash. I seen you. Rolling around town with a Rolex. Do it. It's a fake. <laughs> it's a fake. I'm a fraud. Uh, for me, I've got this song that I just cannot get the mix on, like, correct at all. Oh, And no. I keep trying to rework it, remake the project file, and I just cannot get it right. That is my nemesis right now. I've been working on it for three years. Three I years? I can't get it right. My, ne- my nemesis is time. Time has been an issue for me lately, like, trying to get things in an or- done in an orderly fashion. I just never have enough time. So when you're locked in on time... You're locked in. When you're out of sync, you go, that project should have took 30 minutes, and now here it is three years later. I'm still mixing that well, song. Well, it's like, you know, when we have a, some big segments to do, like today, you know, talking about the status of men's basketball. Like, I'm so, my mind is so scatterbrained. I want to make certain points mm-hmm. all over the place. I'm trying to work on one thing at a time, and I can't stick on one point when I'm trying to plan for a show. Leaves, it's a big issue. Leaves in the, right, in the, right in the front of your mind the whole time. Because <sighs> I know after the show, those leaves are still going to be on the ground. <laughs> We have a live show 4 to 6 tomorrow. Come hang out with us.